Hello and welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with cubicle mates with unusual traits and supervisors that ruin your day. I'm Adrian, as always, I'm here with my friend Paul, and uh, we're going to dole out some advice. So let's get going. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Hey buddy, how you doing, dude? I'm doing uh, I'm doing good. Um, got off work. Now I'm talking to you, so it's a it's a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good transition. Uh, same for me. I actually got some work done today, so uh, congratulate me. Well, <laughs> congratulations. So Thank since you. we're talking about office spaces today, and since you've kind of been in the education circuit for your working life, do you the feel education like circuit. In the education <laughs> circuit? The education circuit. Yeah. Do you do you feel like you have insight into normal office spaces? Like, I I mean, w- what is a lab like? Do you have do you have the same sort of workplace dramas? Do you have water cooler chat at a lab? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, it could be. I don't. Not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm a part of two labs. One of which is very much like could be the closest thing I could get to office dynamics. Where like the few times that I've spent there. Uh, I'm doing work and someone walks up and tries to have a conversation with you while they're like boiling water for coffee mm. or I go up and try and like do some bit <laughs> to our <laughs> Australian postdoc while he's trying to get work done. Um, but, but those moments are very rare. I usually work alone either at a coffee shop or even if I work in my lab, uh, I work with undergrads and it's not like we're all sitting in the same room like getting work done on our computers. We're actually like doing active work. So I'm either alone or I'm working with other people, but like we're actually doing shit. So I don't think I really have any real sense of like office culture. But what about you, Paul? You you actually have like the actual office dynamic, right? And I think from a previous internship, you have one of my favorite stories you've ever told me. If you want to tell that on the podcast, I, I don't remember what what it, what happened. To my... This is a, this is about um a certain internship that you had where you said you didn't drink coffee. <laughs> no, I'm not telling that on the podcast. We have to cut that. Oh, it's such a good coffee. It's good, such a good coffee story. <laughs> Wait, what's wrong with that story? I feel like that was a really about good drug one. use. I'm talked. I'm gonna talk. I, we talked about drug use on here, haven't no. we? No. Wait. Yeah, no, we're drug freaks. Uh, <laughs> Paul and Adrian are officially dare representatives, and uh, I've never touched the stuff. I don't even know what marijuana looks like. To quote Mark's mom, <laughs> is that something Mark's mom said? Yeah, she said if I saw weed, I wouldn't even recognize it. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think the most absurd thing you could have convinced Mark's mom is weed? <laughs> like a pile of blueberries? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just throw them with like some chili flakes. It's <laughs> like. This is a uh, top grade stuff. This blueberry Kush, Miss Hubbard. Oh uh, no, yeah. So I think a story about my own naivete around uh, marijuana was. I remember there was a, a girl in our middle school who got caught with weed, and we were in sixth grade. Yeah, um, I remember who that was, but we won't. We won't. Uh, yeah, we won't. Them. We're not going to share that information. All I'm going to share is the fact that when they were caught, I got into an argument with a kid because I heard that she got caught with pot and another kid heard that she got caught with weed and I was arguing. I was like, no, she wasn't caught with weed. She was caught with pot. <laughs> That's so adorably innocent. I love that. Yeah. So I was, um, it wasn't even a semantic argument. I just had the lack of knowledge of what uh, all these street names are for these pernicious products. That was young Adrian who, uh, you know, I haven't tried it to this day, but I, you know, I was particularly naive back then. Do you then. remember? Uh, do you remember how they made uh, 
they made people who got caught with weed at our middle school smoke a whole bag of weed (laughs) (laughs) they made them all wear the clear backpacks that you could see right through so that was like the telltale giveaway (laughs) oh wow i didn't know that was a permanent punishment yeah yeah which i i don't like you can like i don't know you have binders and shit in there it wouldn't be like very hard to put a little bit of weed inside a clear backpack in a place where you wouldn't be able to have a line of sight to it but yeah i guess uh do you think it's just the social stigma of the the red letter of the clear backpack? it kind of feels that way in retrospect right like it was a it just lets you know who's cool and who isn't (laughs) (laughs) oh my god we yeah maybe that was it That's how I should have uh, cultivated my bad boy image in uh, middle school. I should have just started wearing a clear backpack, really. Yeah, that's how our principal knew who to, like, ask for weed from. <laughs> He's got the connections. I feel like we're on a big tangent Yeah, right no, now. we, we were not. <laughs> we moved far away from office spaces. Yeah, we're talking about, yeah, so you have lots of office experience. Um, mm. Whereas I've never had a like, office job before. I've, uh, I've Just for the lore of the podcast, Adrian's had three jobs. <laughs> I worked at a hibachi fast food place, I worked at Trader Joe's, and I've worked as a teaching assistant, grad student type person working in labs. I don't have too many of the office uh, politics things, like the classic ones. What are the classic ones? The person who has like a smelly lunch or something, like who microwaves I was fish. just about to say, does anyone does anyone talk about your pomegranates that you bring for lunch, Paul, or <laughs> whatever it is? <laughs> that, that's a middle school throwback right there. Remember when I would share yeah, pomegranate seeds with <laughs> everybody at lunch do they ever talk about the uh how they don't like the cinnamon smell and savory dishes of your mujadara no i actually work with a lot of uh indian people and they uh they all have very mm. well spiced food with which i appreciate i feel like it makes the uh yeah it, yeah, sounds it makes the lunchroom smell wonderful um but yeah so they're not going to be too uh, bothered by like air like arabic cooking levels of spice in comparison mm-hmm. um what else is like a classic sitcom office issue all right. Do you have a leading question? Um, how was your 4th of July? Uneventful. Same. We don't celebrate it in our house. <laughs> well, didn't you have like something with the grad students? I assume you guys all got together to learn about how 4th of July is a holiday built on the founding of an imperialist nation, then studied how the slaves and the Native Americans had their land and freedom stolen. That's, that, that's a good guess. Um, and I will... I don't know if I want to put the story on the podcast, but... Um, I did meet up with a friend, not to celebrate the 4th, but to pregame her celebration of the 4th with some other people. And she was baking a pie or some kind of dessert. It was actually like a custard with a meringue on top. And so she was talking about how she wasn't using red, white, and blue. Instead, she was using uh, a lemon tart to signify the bittersweetness of being an American. Uh, I think like raspberry curd to signify the blood that like Americans have shed. (laughs) And then like, oh, fuck, there is some other kind of bit of symbolism to it as well. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was one of those, it, it was, uh, like, she's told me before. That, that actually like, sounds awesome. Shout out to Adrian's friend. <laughs> You're pretty cool. <laughs> she's great. Um, her mom, I remember her telling me that her mom, whenever uh, Trump, when we were awaiting the impeachment decision, her mom made an, a peach pie that had an M as mm. the uh, topping. So it was an M peach pie. Um, and, I don't know, maybe that's dope, too. I thought it was corny as fuck. <laughs> but, but, you know... You do you. Uh, it's cool that she uh, was able to tell a story with uh, with their with their desserts. I what mean, a weird family lineage. These resistance people are all corny, but they're all like generally good hearted, I guess. Right? Yeah, I think so. They're, they're on the like right side. They just yeah. uh, the only way they know it's, how to uh, display. It's their not where opinions. I would put my effort, but yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, it's totally fine. 
I do like, I, I like the, uh, I like the added effort. Like, the impeach one, I think it's because I saw a lot of people doing stuff like that that it seems corny because it's just like, okay, you copied something you saw off social media. But I like the uh, bittersweet, like, if you go out of your way to create your own uh, unique tapestry of what it means. Yeah. Yeah, hold on. So it's um, a lemon meringue pie because being an American is bittersweet. And there's also going to be a layer of raspberry curd because we have a bloody past that we need to contend with. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess I summarized it pretty well. I think and I just like the creativity tasty. of coming up with those things. That's uh, that's fun. Yeah, and to be able to make the flavors work. Can you imagine mm-hmm. if she was like, uh, I'm putting in sriracha to uh, in- <laughs> imitate our spicy past. <laughs> and uh, a layer of mayonnaise that we have to contend with the fact that uh, egg and oil are mixed together by force. Uh, just like every other person in America is. <laughs> I guess actually if you just did that, it'd be a sriracha mayo and that's actually quite good. Yeah. So I didn't do a good job of like mixing up. I put that on the pie that was already established earlier. Um, yeah. So I didn't actually do anything before 4th of July. I just like swung by someone's place to have a couple beers. Um, one thing that's really weird though. So I didn't, I've never spent a 4th of July in Sacramento because the year that I, or the nine months that I lived there did not coincide with a 4th of July. But based on the subreddit for Sacramento, people are super salty about people lighting off fireworks like it's like a huge deal that everyone's so angry about how loud it is on the 4th of july and i what? it's Why? it's a weird thing you know what this actually this reminds me of the fact that the uh that the charlotte subreddit is like one of the most horrible like places i've ever been i think local subreddits are just like cesspools of the most obnoxious people I actually don't mind ours. I think the only critique ours gets is from people like Trumpian Sacramentoans who are like, this is a liberal hell fest up in this. Uh, this doesn't represent the real Sacramento, which I can deal with. The rest of it's like, uh, yeah, I've seen the same photo of this like sunflower seed near Sac- or sunflower field near Sacramento like a million times. But other than that, it's like they're all fine. But yeah, in general, I actually I quite enjoyed the uh, the Sacramento um, subreddit. I was about to say there's something about it that I thought was, um oh, it's a great place to learn about local business owners who suck <laughs> so i had this conversation with my lab tech the other day where we were like where he just like up front asked me he was like i haven't kept track which coffee shops are we allowed to go to at this point <laughs> because there was like combined with like anti-coronavirus sentiment and then combined with anti-blm sentiment like it really narrowed down the places you were allowed to get local coffee from <laughs> in sacramento do we want to go back to the whole uh, you eating pomegranates and that being a novel thing in middle school <laughs> oh, similar yeah. to like how avocados were like uh, astounding to people in our middle school and our, where we grew up yeah yeah i that my mom did open up pomegranates for us a lot as children and she would dc them and like send me to school with like a cup full of pomegranate and apparently that's not something white moms do from uh, what i gathered over time well not um, back then. yeah not back then um that was before uh soccer moms got into like sending their kids to school with like dragon fruit and papaya yeah, not only that, but it was before that happened in South Carolina. True. So yeah, Let me, th- these dates might not line up for when people who are listening uh, think that these things happened, especially avocado. Where, like, I think the West Coast definitely most of the rest had of the country, avocado that was when a we thing. were in middle school, but South Carolina yeah. just did Whereas it. that was like, a, yeah, that was a weird thing to eat for South Carolinians in our Yeah, age. so I mean... And actually, I didn't even like it until I was kind of sat at we, we, we sat at the same lunch table in middle school. So, you know, people people thought that was real novel. And uh, there was a lot of comments and interest. And I would often, like, ha- let people try my pomegranate seeds. If which you know sounds I mean. like a euphemism. You decide what I... <laughs> we both went there. <laughs> uh, this week, I'm bringing in an article from Dear Prudence, uh, one of the uh, biggest and most recognizable advice columns. Um, 
This one is specifically from 2013, December 26. Uh, and so this is of the, um, uh, I guess, the lore of Dear Prudence uh, in the way that uh, avatars are died and recreated as other people um, in the list of people who have assumed the role of Dear Prudence to bring uh, balance to our world. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is this an avatar thing you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is this is the Ang to uh, the current Dear Prudence's Korra. Um, so this is the Actually, third... that was a great way to explain it because I didn't know how these, like, Abby was alive for so long or Prudence at first. So this, yeah, is, a, yeah. this is a good explainer for our audience. It's a, it's a title, not a name. <laughs> there have been four Dear Prudies. Um... I think that's the uh, the pluralification. So uh, this is the third, Emily Yaffe, or Emily Yaff. And so this is uh, a little bit of an older article, seven years old, uh, but I think just as relevant as when it was first posted. And so this one is called Direct Deposit. Subtitle, My Boss Poops in the Office Shower. <laughs> Paul, any thoughts off top about the uh, what you I think mean, this might be I about? Can't... I can't believe when we were reviewing common things that happen in the office, I forgot this uh this classic. This classic um, office goof 'em up. Yeah, this God damn it, Adrian, you know goof 'em up is my word. But yeah, this, <laughs> yeah this, I mean uh, this is like this, ob- it's obvious stuff. This is like episode one of the office type shit, right? Where they did a yeah, poop in the shower. Where Jim <laughs> pooped in uh Dwight's stapler. We and all then, remember that classic gag. He put his stapler covered in, it in a jello. <laughs> he covered his poop in jello and then put it in the office fridge. When when he suspended his poop in a big piece of jello. <laughs> okay, so let's get into this. Uh, Dear Prudence, for the past three years, I've worked for a small business with only one other employee. My boss, the business owner, has serious mental health issues and has made the job extremely challenging at times. She has picked on me occasionally in the past, but she has currently turned her focus on my coworker. We work in a private office suite and no one has access to it but the three of us. Our boss has her own bathroom off of her office, and the other employee and I share a separate bathroom. While I was on vacation last month, our boss twice came into the employee bathroom and pooped in the shower, which no one uses. My coworker discovered it after <laughs> my coworker discovered it after noticing a strange smell and finally opening the shower. My coworker was so mortified and afraid of our boss that she didn't say anything. The poop stayed until the cleaning lady came in later in the week. The following week, it happened again. <laughs> uh, this time, my coworker mentioned the strange smell to our boss, who told her she was imagining it. My coworker was then too scared to say anything else. Since my coworker started working at the office, my boss has been behaving more bizarrely. She has started leaving her own bathroom door open whenever she uses it. We can hear it and see her if we walk by. This is shocking bullying. But I don't want to quit because I'm making way more in this position than I will get elsewhere, and I have flexible hours. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if they get My dental, dental too. My is great. <laughs> Bam. Dude, again with the uh, telepathy. Um, is all this a sign of dangerous mental illness? Should I flee? My coworker has already put in their notice. Okay. Uh, Paul, thoughts off top? Oh, my God. Oh, what an, like, you, you have to appreciate what an awesome problem this is. There's something that I feel like the same thing from the other episode we had with the McDonald's statues where there's nothing like inherently threatening about pooping in front of someone, but it feels like something that a psychotic murderer would do. Like it's just too outside of the norm. 
I agree. I think um, what's interesting about that is, have you heard about the whole, you know, lore of Lyndon B. Johnson? Oh, about the uh, dick shit? Like where he would yeah, always... like he had a big old a big old dickle and he would pull it out all the time and, you know, yeah. whatever. But one of the other things he specifically did is that he would poop in the White House bathroom with the door open and specifically asked to have meetings and conversations while he was, you know, pooping with the door open in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So I think... I don't know if she's studied the LBJ uh, playbook, <laughs> but to there's me, it does. for this question. There's history. Not only that, but it does seem like there's a through line of like, maybe this is less about mental health and maybe this is like a very direct, I don't know, I guess, reinforcement of power because she's already in charge. But like, you think she's threatened by the new employee and she's trying to big dick her. She's trying to. I think so. I think this is I think that although I don't want to downplay the possibility of mental illness, I think that we have to consider the alternative hypothesis, which is that uh, she is just playing really crazy power games right now and winning. Okay, I, I kind of get what you're saying. That actually makes way more sense because I literally was just thinking like this person's about to snap and murder everybody in the office. But what you're saying kind of makes sense. It's like, don't mess with me, bitch. Like, I, I'm crazy. I'll, I'll, you don't even know what I'll do. I'll, I'll open the door and poop in front of you. You don't even know. Like, you try <laughs> to fuck shit with in me. your shower and deny it and tell you you're <laughs> the one going crazy. It also makes you wonder if this is like, if she just, you know, it's a business of three people. And so if she doesn't like the two people who are working for her, and maybe there's like some weird thing about her ability to fire them or whatever, this was like the idea she came up with. Um, <laughs> Wait, do you think she asked people in her life about it? Like her and her husband brainstormed this? No, yeah, I think there's a idea previous, like... <laughs> there's a previous Dear Prudence where she asks, what should I do to get my other, my, the two co-workers that work for me uh, and Dear to Prudence quit? said shit in the shower. <laughs> yeah, she did the classic, it was a previous Prudence, so this was uh, Avatar Kyoshi, who's way more fucking aggro. <laughs> Okay, the obvious thing that comes to mind is, like, if somebody's playing power games, you one-up them. But I don't know if in this case I'm going to tell her to poop back at her boss. I don't know. If <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> when, when she sees the boss's door open and she's pooping in the bathroom with the door wide open, squat right then and there, pull down your pants, take a shit on the floor. Eye contact the whole time. Mm. Then stand up, walk away, don't even wipe. Deny if they ask you about it. Just do what she did with the with the stall thing just wasn't me don't know what you're talking about must uh must be mistaken you must have seen somebody um oh do it while wearing a mask (laughs) i will say i I have a lot of trouble with the idea of pooping on command so i think that it would take a while to implement that plan are you a shy pooper adrian (laughs) i actually am yeah i do poop a lot but i am a shy pooper so like it's uh in the venn diagram of my ability to pull this off (laughs) uh i'm missing one of the circles um we've already told a story about this jacob before but i actually became a shy peer my freshman year of college because one of my friends uh jacob uh who you knew from high school as well um Mm -hmm. he would always we would hang out all the time freshman year of college He'd always walk up behind me. He didn't specifically do it to me. I guess that would have felt more like harassment. He did it to every guy he would walk into a bathroom with. Yeah, if you're equal opportunity, it's not harassment. (laughs) If you do it to everyone. Uh, He would walk up behind you when you were going to take a a piss in the uh, urinal, and he would, like, wrap his arms around you and, like, help you hold your dick, which... It's such a, it just like, it ruined my ability to pee in a urinal because I would always feel like it was about to happen and I would just like, it just wouldn't come out. I just had urinal shyness. 
I like how you prefaced my story of Jacob by saying, let's not say anything that's going to get him in trouble. And then this is your story <laughs> that you bring up the next time we talk about him, <laughs> which is way worse. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he, he, he definitely did things that were, uh, that would be problematic, but he was a very nice person. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So wait, what was your point? Oh yeah. I'm talking about pooping on command and being shy poopers and shy peers. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Other idea for this lady, other idea. Um, they have those services now for apartment complexes where if it's like an apartment complex where you can have pets, they'll actually DNA test your pet. And if you ever find poop around the apartment complex, you can like report it to the company, the DNA test company, and they'll come in and take a sample. Is that actually a thing? Yeah. And then they'll find the person whose dog pooped. Dude, do you remember in middle school when someone pooped in the urinal in our uh, middle school uh, bathroom? Are you remembering an episode of South Park right no, now? No, no, no. This is a real thing. And I think it's so. Um, I don't remember that. Someone pooped in the urinal in our middle school bathroom. It was when we were in seventh grade because I remember the teacher I had who uh, came in and did the tactic that they told every teacher to do, which is like, hey, we know it's someone who's in this class. So if we've narrowed it down. So if you don't uh, come forward right now, then everyone's going to get in trouble. Uh, and I remember at one point when we were all talking about it together, I mentioned to someone, I was like, I don't even know why they're doing this. I heard a rumor that they're getting it DNA tested by the CIA to figure out who it is. And the other kid believed me. And I was like, I don't even know if that's a thing. I just, I just thought it was funny. And I'm so happy that that's a real thing that's not being yeah. implemented. Dude, why, are, why is the CIA, CIA not tapping into seventh grade Adrian about ideas of how to better uh, increase their surveillance? Um... I can't believe I forgot that. They did it to every classroom. Was I just not there that day or was I not paying attention? No, I think after you pooped in the urinal, you uh, <laughs> you ran out and <laughs> skipped for the rest of the day. Um, I don't think they figured out who it was. So that that is a service. So they, they could, if it keeps being a problem that she poops in the shower, that's an option. Bring that service in. Yeah, ask oh. her if she wants to get a, uh, one of your famous haircuts so you get enough DNA from her. Uh... <laughs> And then, yeah, trace it to the poop that's in the shower. Um, I will say that if we're assuming either one, that she's mentally ill or two, um, that she wants to get you fired and this is her tactic, I think doing the staring at her and pooping (laughs) on the floor while she looks at you doesn't, I think it either leads to something dangerous or it gives her a reason to fire you. Either way, I think uh, is not ideal. That's true, but I, I guess that one was based off your concept that this was a power move, in which case... You think okay. you think there's like a third option where she comes to respect you? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that yeah, yeah. clearly she thinks that whoever's willing to poop more publicly is a more powerful person. So right, and she couldn't ask that in the interview for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> so she had to bring it up a little bit later, three years after they've started working there. <laughs> That's when she just leaves her office, puts down her her badge and gun, and you get the you get the big office. You're the boss. Yeah, I don't know. I think serious advice would would be like, yeah, obviously you should you should dip out. I don't know. I don't think there's any like worth having a conversation here about it. All right, are we ready to hear Prudence's answer? Oh, by the way, this is signed uh, "Sick of This Shit," literally. Dear Sick, I hope you understand this enterprise is soon to go down the toilet because with an owner this disturbed, there's no way that it stays a viable business. Most mentally ill people are not dangerous, but you are seeing an alarming escalation of her behavior. If she doesn't avail herself of professional aid, she sounds as if she's headed towards a psychotic breakdown and hospitalization. If you happen to know any of the boss's family members, you could call them and alert them to what's going on and ask if they can intervene to get her help. 
But even if you ask them not to tip her off that you called, keep in mind you're dealing with a boss who's potentially delusional or paranoid. That can make for an even more noxious atmosphere than the current one. You're working at a place where any day the excrement could actually hit the fan. If you don't leave, imagine yourself alone at the office with an increasingly bizarre boss. Start putting your resume out there immediately, keeping in mind that future employers probably won't pay the defecation dividend you now enjoy. Prudy. Okay, can I just make the point that there's something absolutely wrong with these advice columnists in that they all think puns are funny? Just putting that out there. That's... It's a, it's, I think that's like a mental, wait, never mind, that's problematic. Um, <laughs> There's been a weird through line of, every, like, multiple, like, I think now three of the advice columns we've done had puns in them as part I think of the it's... answer. There was Latin X with Ola Poppy. Uh, there the was Hamburglar one. The Hamburglar one. And now this one. Um, so here's what I'll say. I think the really simple diagnosis of it is that this is a high productivity a job where you have to just keep answering questions over and over and over again and i think when that happens your writing gets lazy and then your comedy gets lazy and the laziest comedy is puns and that, mm. i think that's a pretty direct answer of why yeah. this is a thing yeah i guess that's it um otherwise the answer um i, w- I would like to say that i think uh her not acknowledging the lbj thing and saying that this person clearly has a mental illness when if a man does it at the highest levels of office it's not a mental illness. He's president. I think, uh, I don't want to call prudence a little bit of a, you know what, listener? Take Lean in, prudence. Will. Lean in. I just uh, think prudence maybe needs to check her own attitude and her own biases. Yeah. When LBJ does it, it's powerful. When this woman does it, it's bossy. <laughs> Stop shaming women who poop publicly. <laughs> um yeah there's not a whole lot in this answer i mean she basically just hit our last point which is like if you know you probably leave uh not as fun not as not as interesting for my column this week adrian i'm bringing you some office drama from somebody who actually an advice columnist who uh specializes in office drama i'm bringing you allison green's ask a manager and this one is titled our office may be haunted how do i keep it from distracting from our work awesome very very excited for this which right off the top what you said earlier about capitalism forcing people to do things they don't want <laughs> this person <laughs> off the top is worried that the supernatural might be getting in the way of their profits they have proof of the supernatural and they're like but you know we all gotta be there nine to five so let's make sure to be professional yeah you're exactly right like it's not our office may be haunted how do i make sure it's safe for everybody assuming that i buy into the hauntedness it's how do i make sure we're still hitting those profit margins that we're looking for i know isn't it incredible (laughs) that's incredible god damn (laughs) how can we still meet our weekly quota (laughs) despite all the ghosts that are moaning in the hallway it might as well be titled i have proof that god exists and he's dead (laughs) how do how do i make money off of this Uh, dear ask a manager uh our office is on top of a native american burial ground how do i make sure that this (laughs) doesn't affect our ability to input data efficiently oh god okay that's it for me ask a manager i looked deep into the eyes of god and saw the abyss from whence we came and whence we shall go how do I turn this into better quarter four profits? The questioner asks, I work for a small conservation-based nonprofit with four full-time people. 
five contract employees and a summer program of up to 16 young people. We work out of a tiny office located inside 20 beautiful acres of land with which we are creating a public park. The office is a 110-year-old private home that was a rental for decades before being converted into an office. It's cramped, loud, and far from ideal, but the location is perfect for our work. Unfortunately, it has a reputation in our small town for being haunted. The hunting tends to become the focus of conversations, including those that are meant to be interviews, donor meetings, and other business-related things. Former residents of the house often stop by to visit the park and inevitably tell their sometimes harrowing stories. People have asked about it during interviews and indicated that it might make them uncomfortable. Admittedly, it's kind of fun to talk about, but it should not take precedence over our missions, goals, and other important issues. So what do I say when people ask if it's haunted? Truthfully, it probably is. But A, we have no real proof, and B, generally, it's not scary. Yes, we hear the occasional noise, thumps, crashes, scraping, etc. from unoccupied rooms, and sometimes, including during staff meetings where every employee is seated around the table, the lights, fans, and the bathroom will go on and off by themselves. The copier has been known to turn itself on when no one is in the room, and once or twice, when I was alone in the office late in the evening, I distinctly heard what sounded like an elderly lady mumbling in Spanish. Spanish, the most nefarious language for a ghost to speak. <laughs> Satan's tongue. Oh, donde esta la biblioteca? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it doesn't feel malevolent. The only thing that really scared me was when my unattended phone began blaring heavy metal music. Not music stored on my phone or any streaming service I listened to. It would not stop until I turned it off. Another employee and I were alone in the office on a weekend evening at the time, and she was seriously freaked out. What I love that. I, I love that. Of course it's heavy metal music. <laughs> <laughs> of course it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, the ghost, what, what if the ghost loved Ed Shireen? <laughs> um... God, my unattended phone began blaring heavy metal music. Oh, God. Okay. All right. That's uh, that's dope. I, I actually, I don't know. I, I enjoy that. I think that'd be really cool. My, my phone started blaring Kim by Eminem. Anyway. And, and what do we say when people ask about having to be alone in the office? As a nonprofit, we often have evening and weekend events, and sometimes staying late, coming in early, coming in on a weekend, is an excellent opportunity to get things done in relative peace and quiet. Obviously, we don't force people to be alone in the office, but with such a small staff, it's rather inevitable at times. And I suspect that the fact that we're far from the road, other buildings, and surrounded by parkland can make things even more creepy. Is there a good way to redirect such conversations? This is especially important, as we have at least one employee who is super bothered by anything even vaguely supernatural related. And this isn't like Amityville Horror or The Shining. Yes, some former residents seem to have more frightening stories, but since we moved in, it's all been fairly benign. Okay, my first point is the point I brought up before this started. Exactly, yeah. She same believes thing. in the supernatural. She's 100% on board for this place is haunted. <laughs> like, that is not an issue for her. She's like, yep, look, there's a ghost in our office. And yes, definitely exists. And he definitely has the power to communicate and affect physical objects. But can we all just get over that and get our work done? Yeah, so fundamentally, that's crazy that they're totally on board with the fact that this is a ghost and they can affect real things in the world. But they haven't done anything bad so far. And, you know, we got to make this public park. And you know what? I, I appreciate that. I don't I, like maybe I'd be harsher on this person if their goal was like more nefarious. But it seems like they're doing something good. 
Um, I think if you if people let a ghost stop uh, Yosemite National Park from being created or uh, Congaree National Park in South Carolina from being created, I, I mean, there's definitely ghosts in Congaree. Have you been there? Mm. It's a swamp. Yeah, yeah. It, I really like the, like, what are they called? The knees of the trees, like, jutting out of the ground. It's got that very nice, uh, creepy yeah. look. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely ghosts up in that bitch. But if, if they didn't create that national park because they were just, I don't know, Native Americans, <laughs> almost certainly, <laughs> that uh, were haunting that place, and rightfully so, I agree with the ghosts on that on that front. They should be haunting that place. Y- you know what? I think we need to figure out does does the government does OSHA have anything to say about this because I don't know if it's a safe working place. If, if ghosts are haunting this place, somebody could be harmed, and I don't like the idea that she's trying to sweep this under the rug and put her workers yeah. in harm's way for for her conservation based nonprofit. If the penalty for having a pallet hung up on its side and not flat down is hundreds of dollars, I think the penalty <laughs> from OSHA. <laughs> For having otherworldly spirits <laughs> affect the phones of the employees, should at least be like a like at least a thou. <laughs> right? I really feel like we should get some sort of supervision in on this. Also, yeah, what's the equivalent of overtime for uh, having to deal with ghosts while you work? <laughs> Hazard pay for having to deal with these beings, with these Spanish beings. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Spanish ghost. Something else I want to know is have they advice wise. Have they thought about building this into their advertising, using this as an opportunity, right? It's basically a Nathan for you thing. Like that, that person had their own spinoff show once they like accepted their role as like the ghost realtor. And especially for something like this, where they're creating a park, you can, you can attract people to the park first off with like, it's a haunted park do like special Halloween things. You can have like special exorcism events. Uh. No, absolutely. Yeah, they should lean into this and they should have that. Like, okay, during the interview process, we don't like that it gets brought up that we have ghosts. Put that out first. Mm. Weed out the people who are weird about it. Get this one guy who's weird about supernatural stuff out of there. Like, clearly you're not fit for this environment, dude. Mm. We need people who are like in the Venn diagram of want to do conservation work and super into supernatural stuff. Those are the people you want. And you can find 16 of those. Like, it's a small also, office. have they thought about employing some of the ghosts? First off, minimum wage law. pay them under to... the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we both exactly. went there. The, the, the IRS does not check for otherworldly uh You probably evasions. need the flexible hours, but you don't need the dental. Mm-hmm. They're always there. They definitely don't need life insurance. <laughs> There's opportunities. Yeah. I think lean into the ghosts, especially if it's a good selling point for the park. But for um, the employee who's afraid, do you think maybe she could get her like a crystal or onions aren't for ghosts? But what, what keeps away ghosts? Like, uh... And I think it's shallots that are for ghosts, not onions. <laughs> oh, garlic. Garlic for vampires, shallots for ghosts. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Starve a cold, feed a fever. I think a crystal should probably do the trick. No, I think the obvious thing for the person who has the hangups about supernatural stuff is just be there during the day. Like, if you've ever watched Paranormal Activity, the whole cycle is things are chill during the day. Maybe, like, curtains get set on fire. But, like, being there during the day is fine. It's only at night that it gets creepy. Just make sure they're never there at night and they should be fine. Where Are we just setting them up to be a Scooby-Doo villain? <laughs> <laughs> where they build up this whole like supernatural park for conservation and then scooby and the gang come in and show that it's just this fucking boss who just wanted to lean in to make more <laughs> make more money yeah which 
Also, like, the heavy metal music thing is, like, kind of weird. I'm going to assume. It's so cultural, right? Like, yeah. what, what, in what other country would, what music would play that, like, uh, signifies that they're of another world? Also, That's a serious question. Span- Do you have a good answer for that? Well, no, but what, wouldn't a Spanish ghost play whatever music was culturally appropriate for Spanish people? Yeah, Takashi 6 9 <laughs> You know the rule, Adrian. You bring up music on this podcast. You got to give us a bar. He says the N-word too much. <laughs> I can't think of what. I, I think the, what's the, the, the gooba? I'm back. You're mad. That's a good one for a ghost. That's a good tagline. That's literally every ghost tagline. <laughs> the only, I'm trying to think, I can't even remember any of his lyrics. The only thing I'm remembering off the top of my head is that part in, uh, in gooba where he goes, Asalama Lama like like what is that? Or uh, he does. I Asalama like him. You big Asala- hater. Yeah. Yeah, that part. <laughs> Which is a line from Absol, by the way, that he stole. Also, what was his big hit before he got caught snitching? Um, Which is the one where he's like to... actually in New York, and all the all the bloods are like freaking. That's exactly the one that I'm thinking about. I just can't think what the name of the. Uh, hold on, let's see. Gummo. Gummo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does that song go? Yeah, that's right. I'm not going to quote anything from that song. (laughs) What was our point? Oh, yeah. What song? Yeah. Musically and culturally. It's so... um... When is Bobby Shmurda getting out of jail? I can't wait for that back out song. (laughs) I I don't know. I have a timer on my phone. (laughs) But um, (laughs) the, the acute cultural resonance with which the fact that it was heavy metal music that played was... I don't know. To me, that's so silly. It's just as it's just as relevant as like a Bob Dylan song to me. Like, why would the ghost pick any particular song unless like their music tastes change when they meet the devil? <laughs> yeah, and once again, we we've established at that point that it's a Spanish ghost. So the fact that they picked heavy metal instead of like traditional Spanish, yeah, uh, scary music. But also, I guess that is like genuinely weird enough. Yeah, they should have played something from the movie Coco. <laughs> <laughs> that is genuinely weird enough that. If it did happen, it makes me think somebody's playing a prank on her. Oh. No, exactly. Paul, I think I think we, again, need to approach this from the fact that it's a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> the person who's obviously the most afraid of ghosts is the one behind all of this. Oh, that is always the thing, right? Yeah. Either It's either the one who's the most pro-ghost or the one who's the most afraid of ghosts. And uh, no one seems particularly pro-ghost in this scenario. So it, it, it's obviously the one who's afraid of ghosts that's looking to, like... Uh, tank the company using the ghost because I was gonna say they're... I always felt like it was the uh, it was the person with the most white collar job in the episode it was always either the owner or the museum curator or the it was always like the most white collar person in the episode was the uh, person who set everything up mm. it was never the groundskeeper it was always the owner of the property you know what I mean I thought it was the groundskeeper a lot I think you're thinking of when you played Clue or something because in the episodes of Scooby-Doo I always thought it was like the museum curator or the no you're right the, you're it was right. always the professional in the episode yeah yeah it was always the hedge fund manager <laughs> the dentist <laughs> um okay so where, where does this leave us okay. Wait, have we even read the answer yet no yeah but do we want to do we want to set them up our advice uh use it for advertising hire the ghost yes. bring it up in interviews bring, so that people know yeah. what's going on and they should be actively pro ghost Yep, only hire pro-ghost employees. Clearly ghosts aren't real, so actually just unmask the person committing this prank on you who's probably the person who's pretending to be the most afraid because she's trying to hype everyone up. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Allison Green from Ask a Manager, her advice goes a little something like this. 
I think you've got two different types of conversations to figure out. Conversations with people who are interviewing to work with you, and then conversations with everyone else. And the approach to each of them needs to be different. With people who are interviewing for jobs with you, I'd be transparent, but, but also as matter of fact as possible. Yes, we've had more than the usual unexplained occurrences, like lights going off by themselves, but it's all felt pretty benign. We do have weird- By the way, really quick. Can I just cut in and say that I very much hope that next to the days without an injury sign, they have a days without some fuck shit happening sign. (laughs) And like, as soon as the like heavy metal music starts blaring, she like sighs really deeply and goes and turns it back to zero. (laughs) Um, I'm really not enjoying this answer. It's so careerist. It's so professional, which I guess makes sense for uh, something called ask a manager, but I'm just, I'm yawning, man. Like, yeah. Keep me engaged. Uh, I'm going to skim through it and just see if there's anything oh, interesting. Oh, come on. It's not that long. Okay. Let's, let's, okay. let's go through it. But it's all felt pretty benign. We do have weird things happen here, though. And people who don't work here ask us about it a lot. It's something you'd want to be comfortable with if you took the job. Because the thing is, you don't want someone to start working there and be utterly freaked out by the situation. So if a job candidate is uncomfortable, it's better for them to self-select out before that. I think it's trickier with other people. You're right that you need to keep it from distracting from the work you're there to do. Your best approach is in those conversations might be to take a who knows posture. Your stance could be slightly bored. Yes, the stories are fun. Yes, some weird things have happened around the office, but we're here to do X, Y, Z, and nothing has ever interfered with that. That doesn't mean you have to shut down every interesting conversation on the topic, but when it feels like it's taking up too much time or becoming the focus of a meeting that's supposed to be about business, you could sort of do a verbal shrug. Like, well, who knows? It's fun to think about, but I know we need to talk about X. Most people like to take their cues from you, and if you're signaling that it's not a big conversation topic for you, they'll likely respect that. If visitors stop by with their own tales of eerie happenings, and you get the sense they're looking for you to make some definitive, yes, it's definitely haunted statements, and are hoping for a lengthy investigative discussion of the ongoing there, you can always lean on, it's interesting, but it's not really our area of expertise. Our work here is focused on X, Y, Z. Well, do they work in an alphabet factory? What, what is this X, Y, Z? they work in a zipper factory. Our work is focused on X, Y, Z. Okay. Um, my husband, who's interested in the paranormal, said this to me when I read him your letter. Nothing dampens a paranormal conversation faster than basically saying you have no idea what the excited person is talking about. Anything else is just drawing out the conversation. Yeah, you're, we shouldn't have read all of that. That was really boring. Yeah, does this lady just wear a gray <laughs> pantsuit to her job where all she does is at, answer questions from careerist freaks? Like, what a boring Jeez, response yeah. to what a, like, such a fun question. Yeah, no. Uh, if, she was literally steps away from suggesting that she send out a memo to the ghost about a professional office behavior. <laughs> you should speak to the ghost. Uh, frankly, be stern. Remember, a firm handshake goes a long way. Eye contact. Eye contact is important. You have to remind them this is an office place where we make widgets. X, Y, Z widgets. Like, what sort of advice is that to, I believe there's ghosts and they're haunting me and my coworkers? Yeah, that's some lame-ass shit, bro. The interview should be conducted by the ghost. That's how you self-select people very quickly. <laughs> okay, you will, here's the solution. You I think she should pretend to be a medium to the ghosts. Mm. So she says, we're haunted. It's fine. I actually have the ability to talk to them. Uh, let me ask what the ghost thinks of you. They think you're fine. They asked how you'd feel if I pooped in the shower. I don't know what that's about. I mean, wait, are you just doing a callback because Phil said he liked the callback from the last episode? Uh, I've had it in my mind this whole time. (laughs) Love me, daddy. I was like, where can I put the poop in? 
Um, no, but I, I like what you were saying. I like what you were saying. She should she could use it as like a passive aggressive way. Like the ghost actually said you're being a cunt whenever you eat my lunch from the <laughs> fridge. So uh, I was talking to the ghost. <laughs> they are not happy about that one, Karen. Hey, blame the ghosts, not me. You know, I told them that you were spending too much time using the bathroom every day. And they said, uh, uh, Dios mio, no me gusta eso. <laughs> And I uh, Google translated what that meant. La cucaracha. La cucaracha. Yeah, I don't have much to say about this answer. It's it's uh, it's not my favorite. All right, TT. Topical tip. That's uh, that's you today, Adrian. What what have you brought in for us? So, a topical tip for this week's pretty simple. Uh, it's not a whole story. It's kind of just this singular idea that Kanye West has thrown his hat in the ring to uh, run for 2020 uh, with the obvious point being made by most people who report on it that like he's missed the deadline to register in many states <laughs> as a candidate uh, so people are questioning what the motivations are and what his true intentions are and whether or not it's um, promotion for a new album or knowing that he's a Trump fan that like he's trying to steal away votes from Democratic figures um, but yeah the, the general idea or the general topical tip is um, Kanye West and his current uh, plan of action. All right, Paul's classic rant time of the episode where he just goes on for 10 minutes about his opinion on something. Yeah, because I feel like you have uh, conflicting opinions here, or what would be the best way to describe it? I mean, Kanye's going to do stupid things. He's going to do big things like this anytime an album's close to coming out as like a promotional thing. So it's not unexpected for him to do something like this. It's certainly like boneheaded, weird, unnecessary, and not really something he needs to be doing but at the same time the amount also if anybody did vote for kanye like just wrote him in or that would be an incredibly stupid move that would be up there was like up there with like south park writing in bart simpson or writing in if you're gonna write in kanye you're probably gonna write in somebody even stupider before kanye said he was running and like you said the whole he's not uh he's not actually gonna be able to get on in the ballot in most places and i doubt he would hire a campaign manager and actually even like even if he wasn't past the deadline there's no way he's actually going to put that effort in um oh no i, th- I thought he was going to hire um kid cuddy as his campaign manager <laughs> um oh i thought liz smith but okay yeah <laughs> but both uh both good options he is such a lightning rod for just the most boring obnoxious milk toast people in our culture to get upset at like you can just ignore this if it's so upsetting to you the amount of like people the amount of vitriol i've seen about it is mm. beyond it's beyond me like why do people care so much shouldn't the article just be kanye continues to do weird obnoxious things on social media like it almost feels like how middle schoolers react to like barney where it's like i don't like him he's stupid why would i ever watch barney that's for stupid babies or like how they react to justin bieber where it's just like the amount of vitriol and hate is clearly more a statement or like how people react to Nickelback where the amount you hate it mm-hmm. is clearly trying to make a statement about who you are. And it just feels like, you know, you don't have to engage with it. Clearly, he's not going to actually have an effect on our politics. You'd have to be kind of boneheaded to think he's going to get a lot of votes or they would be votes from people who would have actually voted for anybody other than a third party candidate. Yeah, I think that's generally a good point. I think um, some people would try and make the point that like, everyone laughed donald trump off as a candidate until he actually won i think that's a 
stretch to say that Kanye is going to have any kind of this, like a similar <laughs> yeah. impact on Kanye. It. Kanye isn't the nominee for one of the two major political parties you have to vote for. Yeah. My advice would be for the haters, like, stop using Kanye as a weird lightning rod to make a point about how you're too smart and cool for Kanye. I don't know, like... Maybe I'm just salty as a Kanye fan who thinks he makes good music, but it is. Yeah, so I, I did want to bring that up, is that you are a big Kanye fan, whereas I don't particularly have any kind of uh, affection for Kanye, really, as a person or as an artist. Yeah, so how does it make you feel when you read this story? Are you upset with, like, are you actively upset at Kanye? No, I didn't care. <laughs> uh, it does seem like people are really angry about it, and I think I agree with your point that I don't... It, it's... Um, it's an aesthetic choice to be this mad about uh kanye and yeah i mean it's it's the common threads are full of quotes from you know problematic kanye quotes about slavery being a choice and all this other stuff and it's like how are we gonna let this person run for president and steal votes from democrats but i think the point that like anyone who would actually vote for kanye is so disaffected by the system or so weirdly into kanye that like i don't know if these people are part of any kind of big movement that we need anyways i don't know does that make sense the people who are weirdly into kanye the largest voting block in america yeah exactly uh it's kind of like when taylor swift told uh, all the young people to vote democrat and then hillary lost but that being said in terms of like the whole thing being aesthetic choice i would buy a kanye 2020 sign just because I, I think it's funny like I, I would buy one of those have i told you about this conversation that i had with phil the other day um uh, no, go for i think it. it was a confederate flag slash, slash statue um conversation it wasn't an argument i think we're on the same side for all that stuff but i was talking about how uh my dad in the past has worn t-shirts with confederate flags on them <laughs> <laughs> um for pretty easily explainable situations uh my family did not grow up very well off a lot of our clothing was secondhand my mom worked for white people and so we got their secondhand clothing and my dad would just wear whatever t-shirts he got and he's also i mean he dropped out of school in like seventh grade in guatemala so like he phil doesn't know me, about like, american well exactly my, my, history <laughs> yeah phil was like does your dad not know what it means and i was like i actually don't know <laughs> i could totally see him like seeing that flag and not knowing what that meant. And so, like, there's one particular shirt that I remember. It was a white shirt with a b- white bulldog and a Confederate flag on the back that he wore a few times. <laughs> um, but there's this idea of, like, shirts that you would never wear outside the house. And, like, he definitely did. <laughs> it just must have been so confusing to everyone who came across it. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's funny. Uh... <laughs> but, so who do you want to give advice to this week? Do you want to give advice to Kanye? Do you want to give advice to these oh, people? Oh, I, I, I thought I already about did, or... yeah. For, for the oh. haters, like, uh, acknowledge oh, right, right, right. that you're making an aesthetic choice. You're just, like, in seventh grade whenever you were like, Justin Bieber sucks. I like good music, like Metallica. Like, you're just doing the same mm-hmm. thing again. <laughs> but now Kanye is your lightning rod to prove how you have good taste and aren't problematic. It's just, like, he's somebody that, like, absorbs all that energy from overly, uh, overly passionate people who are trying to make a statement about themselves i don't know kanye has any power in this situation or is going to affect anything to do with the election uh my advice is going to be for kanye kanye um yay yeezy you know how do i address you understand that some people are concerned about you stealing a votes stealing votes away from democratic uh candidates so joe biden is still looking for a vp and he said he's open to having a republican as a vp for some reason um he said it was he said it was gonna be a black woman but he could change his mind 
and maybe just being black is good enough. Um, throw your hat in that ring, you know. Uh, throw your Make America Great hat in that ring. <laughs> you should. That Superman cape that you love so much. I think you're just as qualified as Kamala Harris or Stacey Abrams or <laughs> all hey, the other people. Hey, Adrian, Kanye has never locked anybody up for being truant. So let's That's not true. compare him to Kamala Harris. Uh, there's uh, there was also uh, what's her name Rice, uh, Suzanne Rice, <laughs> yeah Suzanne Rice, foreign policy advisor for Obama when he was using drones to bomb Syria and selling weapons to Saudi Arabia to bomb Yemen and using drones to bomb Afghanistan and increasing troops in Afghanistan and our ground pit presence in Afghanistan. Kanye has never done any of those things, <laughs> so I. I Compared to Susan Rice and Kamala Harris, I, he might be, he's looking like a good VP pick to me. Uh, I think that's like a legitimate point of like Trump's ability to not have a political history to point to, or at least not an explicitly <laughs> legislative history to point to, was like actually a boon for him. Um, yeah, Kanye, uh, all I'm saying is there's no church in the wild. You do you, you, do you bro. <laughs> Fucking gun for that VP spot. In all honesty, Kanye, God damn it, stop it. Just, like, there has to marketing can't be this expensive do you really have to get the entire like the entire struggle is kanye having to like get his album on the number one spot at this point yeah why is he still trying to do viral marketing like this yeah why does he need to like strong arm the entire media apparatus into talking about him to market his albums why can't he just pay for billboards why is this his go-to yeah so uh Stop it, Kanye. Stop it. <laughs> My topical tip for viewers is just don't don't pay any attention to this. Yeah, don't please, people. Come on. Be smarter put, than this. Don't put any effort into any of this, yeah. Alright. Alright. Big fact, no cap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, what's your big fact for this episode? My big fact is is have perspective, because that's something we saw in both of the articles this week, where people had what seemed like kind of absurd, crazy situations happening in their workplace and decided that their benefits, salary, or job were important enough to keep over their own safety, which seems like a lack of perspective. So big fact, take care of yourself. No job is more important than your health and safety. And my no cap for this episode is, um, you know, don't be afraid to break the rules about what you're allowed to ask during an interview. If you know that your office is going to be weird, if you know you're going to be pooping in random places, let people self-select. You know, bring that up early. Don't bring that up late. It's expensive to hire new people. It's expensive to retrain people. Bring up your pooping in the interview. Bring up the ghost in the interview and let it all, let, let that filter play as it should. Um, and I think everyone will be a lot happier. All right, Paul, I'll uh, see you next week. Yeah. Bye, Adrian. As always, it was fun, buddy. Get fucked, Kanye West. Get fucked, now's not the time for this stunt. Get fucked, Kanye West. Get so far fucked and take your Kardashian. How do I compare thee to a piece of trash? I guess this is the way billionaires get laughs. Show